Hey everybody, it's Nico, and welcome to today's Thought Load. Today is going to be a crypto update episode. I'm going to talk about some top stories, um, Bitcoin's status, and some of the politics involved in that. I'm going to go over some what-if scenarios, and also talk about CBDCs, some of their benefits and issues. And so, I'm going to get right into it with the most recent Ethereum news or Ethereum update news. Now, for those of you who haven't been following, Ethereum is trying to change over the way it does its work, the way the cryptography is uh, is done. And they're going to be moving over from proof of work to proof of stake. Now, when sometimes when people see this in the news, like, oh man, is, is this a bad thing? What happened to the cryptocurrency? Why are they changing? Updates are part of the process, right? As we've seen with any other technology that we have in our lives, it rarely stays the exact same from the day that we buy it until the day we stop using it, right? How many times has your phone updated since you've owned it? How many times has an app updated since you owned it? Anytime we see a technology change in crypto, it is usually for the better. And most of the time, it involves teams of people working together or entire communities working together. Um, In the case of the Bitcoin network, more than half of all miners across the world have to agree on any network updates or changes that have to happen. So updates aren't necessarily a bad thing. They happen from time to time, and they usually result in something positive. For something like Ethereum, there's other coins that already operate on proof of stake that do exceptionally well. And Binance Coin is is one that comes to mind. And they're even run similarly. They have a, a kind of a CEO type individual who owns Binance and also influences the cryptocurrency, much like Ethereum and Vitalik. So that's the guy's name if you're not familiar. But all those upgrades again, usually make cryptos better. With Bitcoin in particular, the last two upgrades were SegWit and Lightning. And both of those just made the cryptocurrency better. If I remember correctly, SegWit improved the security protocols of Bitcoin and the Lightning upgrade made it more scalable, made transaction speeds more Uh, or a lot faster. And I wanted to comment on that because a lot of the times you may hear in the crypto world that, oh, Bitcoin doesn't process transactions fast enough or it, it doesn't allow for enough data on each block. Well, if you understand how the Lightning Network operates, you'll actually understand that that is false. Currently, major credit card companies process between 5,000 and 65,000 transactions a second. The 65,000 transactions is what Visa's CEO said. If they really had to, they could push it up to that number. The Lightning Network can process one 
million transactions a second. So these upgrades are usually positive. These upgrades are beneficial to the cryptocurrency long term. Now, one of the other stories you may have heard recently is that BlackRock, which is the world's largest investment firm, BlackRock is suing the SEC. Now, why are they doing that? From what I can tell, BlackRock is suing the SEC because the SEC is dragging their feet on approving a spot Bitcoin ETF. And from everything that I've read, I do think that they have grounds on this because, as I mentioned before in some of my other recordings, there are over, I think there's around 19 countries across the world that have already approved a Bitcoin ETF, a spot Bitcoin ETF. And the countries that have approved it have similar financial standards to what we have. So it, in the minds of people in the industry, in the minds of investors, it doesn't make any sense that the SEC can't make up their mind. Now, if you were to ask me my, my personal thought, the SEC is simply trying to position itself so that they can actually make money off of whatever decision that they make. Because once the SEC does approve a spot Bitcoin ETF, that's going to open up the floodgates to all different types of investors. Anyone from day traders looking to trade or major investment companies like BlackRock and others that will begin to flood money into Bitcoin and into cryptocurrency. And, you know, in, in classic Uncle Sam fashion, they want, to, they want to get their money out of that. So the interesting part is that Grayscale, which is another investment firm, a cryptocurrency investment firm, has also sued the SEC. So I think it's going to create for an interesting scenario when both of these lawsuits come to whenever they actually have to go to court or however that works. Um, it's going to be interesting when two major entities are trying to get the SEC to, to make a decision on this. So keep on keep on the lookout for that. But that is something that can change the game. Now, imagine if that were to happen. And honestly, like it will. One of the videos I watched recently was Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank describing how this would happen. And whenever the SEC did make that decision, it would really open up the floodgates. Now, I'll put things into perspective for you. Right now, there are 124 million people in the United States that are banked. All right. If all of those people put just $500 into Bitcoin, approximately 15% of all Bitcoins that will ever be created would be owned by U.S. citizens. Now, remember, that is one country. And that's only 124 million people out of the over 6 billion people that are banked worldwide. Imagine what the price of all cryptos would be 
if that were to happen. And really, once once the SEC does decide on this Bitcoin situation and the spot ETF, that's going to start to flood money into Bitcoin. When people make money from Bitcoin, they usually sell that either into dollars or they move it into other cryptocurrencies in the industry, thus making the entire industry more robust. So over time, those government decisions, SEC decisions are going to have a trickle down effect in crypto and it's only going to get better, especially once institutions are involved. Now, along with the SEC political aspect, one of the things that I heard mentioned recently kind of blew me away, but it also helped me realize why things weren't moving as quickly as, as I would like personally, but also like kind of why the technology was created. You know, if, if you look into Bitcoin, you understand that that is a technology that was created because of the issues with our current currency system. And once you understand how it works, the fundamentals, you say, hey, this is a better currency. Why aren't we using this? And then when you realize why we aren't using it, it, it I don't know, it makes a little bit more sense. And for me, one of the first things I did was, just like in anything else, you have to follow the money. The U.S. dollar is the most used currency for debt contracts worldwide. According to the Bank for International Settlements, the dollar-denominated credit to non-banks outside the U.S., amounts to around $12 trillion, okay? So what that means to me is that most of the debt in the world is based in the U.S. dollar. If all of a sudden the U.S. makes the decision that Bitcoin is good, that is going to reduce the power of that dollar and, in essence, reduce the power that the United States has over any debt that it's trying to collect or any debt that it currently has outstanding with other countries. And so more or less what that means to me is that these currency paradigms that are centuries old, they're just not going to fall over in one night. It's going to take time for these currency paradigms to shift and it's going to take some big events like the SEC ruling and others for people to realize and get things moving in the right direction. And we, if if everyone understood that, if everyone just knew why Bitcoin was created, I think it would help them understand the cryptocurrency industry as a whole. It would help people understand that Once Bitcoin grows, other currencies lose power because Bitcoin does not have a leader. You cannot manipulate Bitcoin. If you own it and you have the private keys, no one can tell you what to do or where to spend that or how to hold it 
or how much to accumulate. Or no one person or group can determine the value of that coin. It's determined by the market that uses it. And that kind of leads me into the last section here about central bank digital currencies or CBDCs. A lot of people have been mentioning, yeah, well, if Bitcoin's not going to be the best or if Bitcoin's not going to be the main currency, you know, these central bank digital currencies are probably the best way to go. Mm, Hold that thought. Because what did the United States just do in the last couple of years? They printed trillions of dollars. They're going to be able to do the exact same thing with a digital currency if they own it, right? If it's owned by a government or a group of people, they can control it. If it's not run by math, they can control it. And the other thing that happens with a central bank digital currency is it's really easy to track. And that's actually kind of a double-edged sword for those that are in power. Because if all of a sudden the U.S. decides to use a central bank digital currency, well, yes, it's now easy for the government to track all of the spending that its citizens make. But if it's created correctly, or at least how Bitcoin is, that means that its citizens, so us, we can then track what the government spends. So all of those posts recently about uh, Congress members and Senate members doing illegal trading and investing in things and having insider knowledge and stuff, we would actually be able to see exactly where their money went and how it flowed if they were using a digital currency, a central bank digital currency. Now, some of that information we can see now simply because of public reporting standards, like we can see when someone in Congress purchases a stock, that's public data, that's public knowledge. But if we use a central bank digital currency, we can not only see when they purchase a stock, we can see when they go get gas. We can see what they go to eat. And I think that kind of that kind of makes people weary about implementing that type of currency. I definitely think it would work. But it does not change anything except for the the amount of paper you have to carry around in your pocket goes down. That's the only thing it changes. But again, that's not why Bitcoin was created. Bitcoin was created and the reason why that's important is the first cryptocurrency kind of started all of this. It was Bitcoin was created to give people freedom. Because if a currency runs on math and any major decision is agreed upon by everybody that uses it, and there's no, it can't be stopped by any border, any nation can accept it. That's true freedom. And on top of that, it's deflationary in nature. What have we been dealing with with the, in the past couple of years? Inflation. 
Well, Bitcoin's the opposite. It, the inflation goes down <laughs> over time. That's just how it works. That's how it's coded. So the solution, again, is right in front of us. And I know sometimes it may seem confusing as to why things aren't moving quickly or what's holding up crypto or what have you. But really, once you dig into a lot of these subtle aspects of the history of a currency, legal decisions, how it's tracked, what the coding's like, global impacts of a decision made in the United States. Once we understand those things, I think we can really build a better picture of where we're at and where we're going. And hopefully we can figure out how long it'll take before these things start to happen. Hopefully as things stand today, I would expect that whenever the SEC makes their decision, things are going to change shortly thereafter. I don't know how quickly that's going to be. I don't even know exactly when the SEC is going to make its decision. I do believe it's sometime in Q1 or Q2 of 2023. But who knows? Things in this industry can change overnight. And I think the first thing we can all do is change our level of education and understanding when it comes to topics like this. Because once we understand those currency dynamics, the coding of Bitcoin, and why it is a future reserve currency, in my opinion, and opinions of others, we can see why this has such potential and why we should get involved sooner rather than later. Guys, that's it for today's episode. Please reach out to me on our website at dualtheday.com slash crypto or click on the crypto button if you have any questions or you want to talk with me about this stuff. Hopefully you learned something today and hopefully you take the first step in investing in crypto and taking your future in your own hands instead of letting a group of politicians decide it for you. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you on Thursday for another thought load from Tyler and next Tuesday from me. And as always, begin the duel, win the day. <laughs>